Hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. I love our theme song. Johnny's got a girlfriend from my good friend Lee Pence. If you need any good tunes made up, custom tunes for your podcast or for anything, you know, give Lee Pence a call, leepence.net. Love, I love that song. It, it really gets me excited for our show every time it starts. So, um, so welcome to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I am your host, Sean Needham, along with my producer, Lindsay, in wonderful downtown Coeur d'Alene. We are streaming live today, and we have Cheryl on the on the call today mm -hmm. from – Cheryl, you're from Puyallup? No. Uh, Where no. I'm actually in Fall City today. Fall City. Okay, that's yes. right. You did tell yes. me that. Um, Cheryl's from Fall City, and she's going to tell us her story. She's a gym owner, and we'll get into that in a little bit, but she's going to tell us her story a little bit. I just wanted to talk a little bit about how – COVID-19 lockdowns have affected different industries, and that's one of the reasons I had Cheryl on because she's a gym owner, um, new gym mm -hmm. owner. Um, so, you know, obviously she's got a lot of a lot invested to get started in the, off the ground, and then this happens. So, but I think that you know, other than um, the airlines, the gym industry has probably been hurt, hit worse than anybody, um, and. You know, um, I if you look at some of the history of it, it's been in Washington State. You know, even back in May, there was a gym. There was a gym owner that was on the Jason Rant show back in May, and he was up up north of Seattle, and he was defying governor's orders and trying to be open, trying to stay open. He was getting mm -hmm. a ten thousand dollar fine a day, and that actually made national news. And um, I think. You know, gyms are unnecessarily being targeted. I don't know why. Maybe, Cheryl, you can get into that a little bit later. Um, but, you know, I just wanted to get the story out there to show people how there's so many different industries and not just the industry, but individual people and persons that have been affected by by these COVID lockdowns negatively. So, so Cheryl, tell me a little bit about your story. You're a health coach. 2017, you became a health coach. Yeah. And then you decided that, you know, people wanted to join a gym. So you and your husband decided to, <laughs> to, um, to go into the gym industry. And I love your hat. Um, it, Thank you. it, yeah, it says it's the AKT, AKT logo and you'll yeah. explain what that is. I, I, I love that. And you educated me. That's one of the things that I love about doing these podcasts and meeting guests from all over the nation is I learned so much. I had no idea what AKT, AKT, AKT. <laughs> I want to say ATK because I always say ATK because I'm a mountain bike racer and I go over my bars quite often. <laughs> so AKT, you'll explain what AKT is. Um, although I want to talk a little bit about how you and I kind of introduced each other to how we kind of inter got introduced to each other and it was online on mm -hmm. a mutual friend's post. And, um, I think it was you that that shared the JP Sears video, or did you share it on that post, or did you just talk about it? I, or, did. I don't remember. I yeah, did. Right. JP Sears. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. So let's go ahead and watch a little bit of that video. Okay. It's JP Sears and how to stay healthy in 2020. This is hilarious. We've had a medical breakthrough in 2020. In our quest to achieve stellar health, we've learned from our most trusted health authorities that there's only four things you need to do to have robust health and a strong immune system. Wear a mask, socially distance, hand sanitize, and stay inside. That's it. 
dude, what have you been doing? Oh my gosh. Mask wearing and social distancing. Really been looking <laughs> after my health. <laughs> I just, I mean, you know, he does those videos as satire, but he also, if you follow JP Sears at all, um, we laugh at it because there's so much truth to it. And I mean, when you think about the silliness of, of how to stay healthy in 2020, and we are being told those four things, that's how to stay healthy. He does some other videos too, about basically about staying out of gyms and, or when you go to the gym, you got to wear a mask and all this kind of stuff. And he, he, it just piggybacks onto how ridiculous some of these things are. So, so that's how Cheryl and I got introduced to each other. And, um, and, uh, you know, we just kind of went from there and I decided to have you on our podcast. So you could tell your story. So, let me let you talk and tell your story uh, back from 2017 when you decided to be a personal trainer and then own a gym. Yeah, yeah. Great. Thank you for having me. I'm really, like, really excited to be here. Yeah. Um, so back in 2017, I had decided to reenter the workforce. I had taken off a lot of time to raise my babies, and now my babies are 12 and 14. So they don't need me quite as much as they did <laughs> when they were super little, right? Um, and so I had had my own health transformation. So when, when I was 35 and trying to get over, you know, like getting, getting my body back, get my health and my energy back after having the children, I just couldn't get there. I, I just, I was working so hard. I was running with one of those Bob strollers with two seats in it yeah, for my right. two sons with like a hundred pound of boy in it. So I was running all the time, working out hard. I had my checkup. I knew I was a little um, heavier than I wanted to be. And my doctor told me that I was, by the way, this is one of those girl appointments, you know, so basically you're wearing like a paper napkin across your lap. That's, you know, so, you're, so you're feeling vulnerable already. And I already right. knew that there was something going on with my body. I wasn't happy in my body. And he told me that basically I was becoming diabetic and that I needed to lose at least 30 pounds. I was like, oh, geez. And, you know, my, my blood pressure was going in the wrong direction. All the health markers were going the wrong way. And I looked at him, I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? Right. And he says, well, I don't know, but you got six months for your next appointment is with a diabetic specialist. I'm like, fantastic. Right. I really thought I was doing it right. I was making food at home. I was working out so hard and I just couldn't figure out what was wrong. So I cried all the way home, which I'm sure is natural reaction to that. Yeah. <laughs> called my best, called my best friend. And it, long story short, we went on this journey of experimenting and researching and trying new things and really questioning our assumptions about what is health and what is healthy, because I didn't feel like I was that far off. You know, I was, I had been making, I was being a good mom, feeding my kids fresh food from home, but I'd, things were off. So I had a lot of, after a lot of tweaking and learning how to exercise differently. Also, I came back six months later and I shared with my doctor, he was very impressed, right? At this point. And I was feeling pretty good about myself. And then he's asking me what I did. And then I told him and he glazed over. And I knew then that moment I'd lost him. And he thought I could see his thoughts. He says into himself, yeah, we're going to have this conversation again in six months because whatever this is, it's a fad, but it's not. So I'm 45 now. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So for our listeners and viewers, we, we, we talk about this all the time and you know, how we can control our own health. And one of the goals of our podcast mm -hmm. is to educate and empower individuals that they control their own health. And, you know, I know my wife and I are both pharmacists. We own a pharmacy, but long-term, we don't believe in medication <laughs> to treat most of the diseases. That's what changed mine and Janet's life uh, many years ago when we decided 
we had an epiphany moment with a patient that was on 20 different medications, including some oh. for diabetes and high blood pressure, all the things you're talking about, plus some. And we weren't helping her at all. So we decided we want to change people's lives by educating them that they can, you know, change their lives by diet, exercise, and sleep. So because we have so many patients that are in the same, that we're in the same boat as you are, I want to know for myself (laughs) and for our listeners and viewers, what did you do? Because you look amazing now. You're 45 years old. You look amazing. I can't believe that you were, quote, unquote, pre-diabetic, what, Mm -hmm. three three years ago? No, that's 10, 12 years ago. Oh, now. 10, 12, 12 years ago. So yeah. how, let's, yeah. let's get into some of the details. How much heavier were you then? And like, what was your average blood sugar, if you remember? So we can just kind of compare to some other people that are in the same situation. Okay. Because, honestly, it's been so long now that, and I'm, that I don't remember the exact number, but I do know that I was on the border, okay. the border of it. So I know that I was borderline diabetic, right? And I weighed around 170-ish or so. I'm five foot seven. Okay. Yeah. And I'm 139-ish right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, okay. So what were you eating? Were you just eating too much processed foods, too much carbs? You said you were eating fresh foods. So yeah. was it just a lot of fruit and stuff right? that was spiking your glucose well, or what was it? Oh, my gosh. You'd never guess. It was the heart-healthy grains. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. So I was having my Cracklin' Oat brand cereal, or yeah. the or the or the or the fancy Wonder Bread, right? Or the, the Dave's Wonder Bread, you know, or the like the things that you thought were heartier and healthier for yep. you. I was eating those things. Uh, occasionally, we'd have like a pasta dinner, because you know, I didn't see anything wrong with that at the time. Yep. But then I learned later that it's the amount of carbohydrate I was taking inside a day was more than was biologically necessary for me. Right. And regardless of regardless of my status and exercise or whatever, it was just too many carbs. And in addition to that, the sources were from these um, sources that that burn fast and get into your blood sugar quickly and uh, affect your blood sugar quite a bit. Right. So instead of like smart carbs, like blueberries. Right. I was having cereal with skim milk. Right. So when you take a solution of milk and you pull out the fat. The rest of it condenses, so now you're getting more sugar in that. So, yeah, and right. yeah, you know, and fruit. Your fruit's healthy for you. Well, it is in certain circumstances in moderation, right? And some are better than others, but it was just just too much, too much for me. And I found out later in the, in recent years that I have um, I have the genetic profile that says at risk for obesity, and I love it because I am killing it. <laughs> Good for you, awesome. And that's it. And that's epigenetics. I mean, that's just learning what our bodies really need and learning how to give our bodies the inputs that they require so that that is not being expressed. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I, we tell people on the show quite often is that, yeah, I get it. You know, I, I don't, you, you, you know, maybe you have bad genes. I get that. But that doesn't, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that you can't change the way your genes are expressed. We can't change our genetics, but we can change the way our genes are expressed by what we eat, exercise, and diet. And that's exactly what you have done. So congratulations yeah. to you. And I love hearing that Thank story you. because you've changed your yeah. life around. And everybody's totally. different when it comes to diet. Um, it and, it, you know, I mean, carbs get a lot of bad rap. And, you know, and, and, and even Dave's bread, I don't think necessarily Dave's bread is bad. I mean, I eat Dave's bread, but I'm careful about it. Um, you know, it's after I do a long bike ride, I need carbs right then, you know. Mm-hmm. So you just got to be careful about the carbs. And 
you know, depending on exercise level and just how your body tolerates them too. So, so kudos mm -hmm. to you for, for changing your, yeah. changing your life. You. So there you changed your life. And by the way, that was probably the time your kids were really maybe starting to get interested in, in the way they eat and stuff like that. So you were a good role model for your kids. Cause they were, did you say they were 12 and 14 then? Is it correct? They're, they're 12 and 14 years old now. Oh, so okay. back then okay. they were two and four ish. So right around that age group right there. Yeah, and they, so they were young. Yeah, mm -hmm. go ahead. Yeah, they were young, and my my youngest child. This is a whole different conversation. We could get into the weeds, right? But <laughs> when I, both both of my kids, I had complicate had a high risk complicated pregnancy with my first son, so they were both C section children. Interestingly enough, that's another topic, right? They have um, they have suffered from that, and we know now what that means. You know, they yeah. should have been inoculated with natural bacteria and that kind of thing, yep. but it's just yep. too sterile, blah blah blah, right? Yep. So anyway, um, we were struggling with some health issues with one of my sons with asthma and allergies and rashiness and terrible things. So we have had to like overhaul the diet for for everybody basically around this around that same time. So they have grown up in a fairly gluten free environment with you know home cooked meals, a lot of fresh vegetables, you know healthy proteins that kind of stuff. But you know what? They're still teenagers and they still want to go and have pizza with their friends or they still want to go, sure, sure. And, you know, it's not, it's not perfect, but you know what? We don't have to be perfect when our baseline health is really solid. Well, and you know, it just shows what a good role model you were as a mother to that, you know, the solution to their problems, allergies, asthma, whatever that was, was not necessarily another medication. It was, Hey, let's change mm -hmm. your diet first. And so many people's yeah. Um, diseases can be modified or eliminated by mm -hmm. diet. You don't need some fancy drug. Um, food, food is very powerful. So, yeah. okay. So fast forward to 2017, <laughs> okay. you decided to become a health coach yes. and then a gym owner. So fast forward to that. Okay. So uh, by the time 2017 had come around, I had been in that wellness space as a hobby, you know, and as a passion for, for many years by then, it's almost probably eight, 10 years by that point. And then decided I'd just make it official, right? Because I was already telling everybody <laughs> everything. So I made it official and got the structure to do that and the, the, the certification to do that with the general public. And I enjoyed doing that for several years. Um, but it, that was small groups, right? So it was just one-on-one -on -one private coaching and small groups. And that was perfect at the time because, again, you know, I'm matching my activities with the the needs of my children and my family. So I didn't have a lot of time to give to stuff, but I had some time to devote to it. And then as time went on, I wanted to do more. I wanted to have a bigger business and I wanted to, it, my background is in business and marketing. I've always wanted to run my own business and my, my little health coaching practice was never going to get there. So I thought, how else can I help people inside this health and wellness space and started researching around. And that's where we came to um, getting into fitness, you know, and we found out AKT was not, um, was a brand new concept and it was just coming available in Washington state. So we grabbed the uh, first three licenses for Washington state. Awesome. So what is AKT? AKT. <laughs> so AKT, the, the initials stand for Anna Kaiser technique. So this is all based on um, Anna Kaiser is, is our founder, right? This is all based on her technique that she developed, which is marrying the most fun exercise, which we which we believe is dance, with which also feels really primal, right? Like so, you get this dance mm -hmm. thing plus hit workouts, which are also shown to be the most effective. So we get 
the fun plus effective together in this one package called AKT. And so there are, are four, you know, class types, right? So one's called dance, which is what it sounds like. And so you're learning a routine and you have in between that to make it a hit training, right? To make it interval training, little sections of strength training. We have a bands class where honestly, there's just nothing like it. I have dance bars mounted on the ceiling of my studio and we loop over these resistance bands, right? So you grab the handles and now you've got, now you're standing good and tall and it's your posture is all engaged the entire time. And you're moving and grooving with this whole, this, this thing, right? So it's providing lift, but it's also providing resistance and it's just super unique. Then we have a circuit class, which is most of us here understand that, you know, several exercises repeated, but we have our own dance-based spin, right? So instead of like a boring step back lunge, we do these curtsy lunges with a kick, right? So it's all, it's more rotational. So we have a tone class and that's like that perfect blend of yoga, Pilates, bar, and it's full range of motion, full body workout with a foam roll at the end. And it's super, it's much less bouncy, right? So it's more of a recovery workout or a muscular strength and endurance. And a lot of people don't even wear shoes, like a yoga class, you know, that kind of yeah. has that different feel to it. So it's kind of a one-stop shop for like cardio and strengthening and toning and all that stuff. But you do it in different, you would have a strength day mm -hmm. one day and then one day you'd have a circuit training. Is that correct? Like during the week, the workouts vary or how does that work? So each day we'll offer a variety of all the classes, the different class types. But what happens is when you come in, let's say, let's say you and Janet come in, we'll say, hey, mm -hmm. what do you guys, what do you guys do? What are you looking to accomplish here? What are your other activities? Knowing that you're, a, let's say a mountain biker, right? You're doing everything in that sagittal plane. That's a lot of, a lot of lower body work and that's a lot of forward and back kind of motion, right? So we would work with you to come up with a schedule that makes sense to complement what you do. That is awesome. So very, very personal then. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is, sure. that is that is super <laughs> cool, super cool. So, so uh, let's see. You started that process of of opening the AK, AKT gym last mm -hmm. fall. Is that correct? Yes, it has been right. such a long journey. Um, yeah, we started negotiating for our lease last fall, and um, that process dragged out a little bit because that particular location was going through a change of ownership. So that caused us to drag, and as we started construction, COVID popped up. <laughs> so COVID, wow. COVID came on screen. And so then we had to, um, we had to pause construction a few times, but then construction was allowed again. So this, you know, they're back in action. They're almost done. So literally today they're in there doing some of the fine work, some of the sanding of some little flaws and the, in the, in the finish repainting some certain areas, but it's, it's pretty much done. I'm super excited. We, our trainers go in tomorrow. <clears throat> to start training. But you can't open yet. No. To the public. Right. <laughs> no, not yet. Right. So I just want to mention that we are, we have open phone lines. We are live on Facebook and live on the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy YouTube site. And we are taking callers. If you have any questions for Cheryl about AKT or about, you know, how the lockdown has affected Jim, please give us a call 509-537-0411. Okay, so tell me why you can't open up or there's some restrictions. T tell us about that, Cheryl. Well, so so the usual way, when you're opening a brand new gym, you have to ramp up into it because, and for us, we're membership-based, right? We're not just a like a retail store where I have all these candles and I open my doors and people come in, they buy, and, and hey, I'm in business. So I need to establish a, a healthy membership base. And so usually how we would do that 
is during this um, period of time before we open, that's called the like the pre-marketing period or the pre-sales period, where you are offering a discounted rate to acquire your healthy, solid founding membership base before you actually open your doors. And then you continue to grow at that point. Because of the environment that we're in, we haven't been able to get the same amount of traction. So for example, we would ordinarily be able to do a few big event pop-ups, right? So like this, it's fun. We, br we bring in a master trainer for another place. We make it uh, like 40 or 50 people can attend. And it's a really like pop. There's a lot of sizzle and, and that kind of thing. And it's a lot of attention and it gets out there on the media. Um, and we just do that a few times, but we couldn't gather that many people, right? Even though we would right. be outside or in a very large space, weren't able to do that. And um, so what we did instead, Whenever we were allowed to do five people outside or so, we we did that. We just became a micro pop-up machine. Like literally we had a schedule. I was there with, with the team um, Tuesdays and Thursdays and then Saturday and Sunday for a while. So that was eight or eight to 10, depending on how many had scheduled a week, just filtering these very small classes through to try to get ourselves out there into the neighborhood. And that was great. And part of that was really just introducing ourselves to the area because you know, we weren't, weren't able to attack it in the other ways. And it was wonderful because a lot of people just by coming out there, I, I got to know them and got to say hi, and got to share our story. And all of that will eventually, I think, come back. It's like good karma, right? You know, all of that will eventually come back to us, I think, in a positive way as being a, trying to be a good member of the community. But ultimately, because of the environment that we've been operating in, I think it's, it's translated into lack of consumer confidence. When the consumer is sitting there seeing us like hustling and trying to introduce ourselves and open this new gym. But meanwhile, two neighborhood gyms have closed. Right. So right. then they're, right. then they're caught in, they're caught in this space where, gosh, I really want to support the gym, but gyms are, but some gyms are closing, some gyms are folding. So they're, they're kind of caught in this. Well, if I, I really want to do this thing, it looks really cool, but I don't know when they're going to open because we didn't, we don't have a, we don't have a timeline for that or no clarity on that at the time, at least. And, but I'm seeing gyms close. I'm worried about investing my money in this that might close, but that's the worry that lack of consumer confidence is what's going to cause the rest of us to struggle. <laughs> right. It's, and, it's and, like, and, it's like this little vicious cycle loop thing, you know? Well, in the way some of the regulations have, have, you know, loosened up and then they tighten and then back they came up. back. Yeah. Right. I mean, I can honestly <sighs> tell you, I, I'm not a member of a gym. I've got a, pretty good um, gym at home, but um, I would be very skeptical of joining a gym right now because I wouldn't know when I could work out and if I could work out next month and, you know, mm -hmm. if the gym's going to be still be there next month. I mean, what is it? Uh, two, let's see, um, 20, let's see, 24 hour fitness mm -hmm. and gold gym have both filed bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are big players they are. and they both filed bankruptcy. Um, you know, the gym industry has been hit really hard. And Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's so been, it's been really unfortunate to see that happening. So the question is: is you've got you've got your trainers ready, you've got your gym all remodeled, um, but you can't re you can't you can reopen with certain stipulations. Is that correct? Correct. So right now, if I were to open my doors, it would it wouldn't make sense financially because the um, the current regulation would allow me to get like six or seven people inside the studio with one trainer. And that's just not enough. That's just not enough to make it work for me. Um, I'd need at least 10 for it to start making sense, right? And, it, and a sight line to doing better than that because 
at, let's say, for example, it's five people per class and we're in that space for a long time. If we're in that space for a long time and I'm paying the expenses of running an open gym and only getting a fraction of the revenue right. that we, we we need to make it work. It just doesn't make sense. So we're trying to pause after we get everybody trained and there are risks there too, right? Because the longer I wait, I might lose my trainers, right? I'm going to invest right. in these trainers. But the longer I wait, I've already lost two to other jobs because they were waiting for us to go to training and we were waiting to schedule it, you know? And I may lose clients, you know? And I have to tell you, like we have the best people who have been brave and big hearted and supportive to jump on board with us as my founding members. I don't have enough of them yet to make it, to, to feel like I could be a, have a healthy open. But the people who have joined are just beautiful souls. Like we are really attracting like the best community of, of beautiful souls. And I just cannot wait for us to get open so that we can all dance together and all work out and sweat and yeah. smile together. But um, I, I really appreciate their support. I am, I am so blessed, I think, you know, by having at least this core, this core group of founding members so far. So you speak, you spoke of some of the financial implications, um, you know, just trying to open up partly. So what are those financial implications? Because the expenses <laughs> of your gym don't go away. I mean, right. you've got a lease and rent and stuff like that. Can you explain that and, and how personally that could really is affecting and could really affect the future of you and your husband? Yes, totally. So um I think that a lot of small businesses are in this place that that I'm going to share with you. And I think that when we're talking about guarding the environment or guarding people from the the impact of a virus, we're also, but we're not talking about guarding people from the, these economic stressors and a, the potential economic devastation, okay? And, and here's where this lies. When you are first starting a business or when you have a small business, um, a lot of people come to it like, like my husband and I did, we were in our, we're in our mid forties. And so we've finally gotten, you know, some retirement accounts that are, that have grown and we've gotten, we moved into a, this beautiful home a few years ago that I'm hiding from my children in right now. And we have, you know, invested in, in, So we decided we wanted to do this other thing. We wanted to show our kids that we can have a business and do this other thing. And their mom can own a business and all of that stuff, right? All these good things that are coming out of it. Meanwhile, what is securing my, small business loan is my house. I'm sitting inside my collateral, right? So if this doesn't work, if we if we not are not allowed to open in some capacity to operate successfully, at some point, I will have to sell my house to pay off the loan. And because again, first time new business, when you sign a lease with like a big corporation, which, which owns the Redmond Town Center, it's fairly standard that you have to back that lease up with a personal guarantee. So if my business folds, if my business folds, I am still on the hook for the rent. And so over the period of 10 years, it's, I don't know, $800,000, $900,000, you know, almost a million dollars in rent. Yeah. I will have to go and like, sell our house, do something else, and then go get a job just to pay rent on some place where I don't have a business. That is devastating. And, you know, we're working hard. We can't live in that space mentally because then you were bringing this sense of desperation to yep. to the to the foreground, and I I can't do that, right? Like part of this whole health coaching thing has been working on your mindset, and I'm so glad that I have that in my background because I could just be crying in my pillow every day. <laughs> but, yeah. but instead, whew, get my head on straight, do your meditation, do your prayer, you know, and then go and work your business to the best of your ability. But that is the reality. So homeless families, that's that's not healthy. What, what yep. do you do then, right? 
Well, and I, I love your attitude, Cheryl, because it, it is so true. You have to be optimistic in all times, but especially right now, even as hard as it might be to be optimistic, we, we have to be optimistic and keep that attitude up or we'll, we'll never move forward. So I appreciate your attitude. And I appreciate you sharing that story. So um, speaking of, you know, unhealthy, I mean, you know, um, yeah, I believe the economic devastation and, and things that happen when we keep people out of gyms. I just wonder why we would think gyms are so dangerous because I've shared it on this show many times. But the best antidepressant ever invented is not some fancy medication made by Big Pharma. It's exercise, period. Mm-hmm. There is, in my opinion, there is no better solution to depression than exercise. And I think we've all, those of us that have exercised intensely, we've all felt that. You know, you're depressed in the morning, you do a quick, you know, 30 minute hit session. And next thing you know, oh my gosh, I know. I'm feeling great, you know? (laughs) So, um, you know, what are your thoughts about what, why, why they're trying to keep people out of gyms? I mean, is there, is there some history there that somebody got sick in a gym or, or, or what, you know, you know, I, I I think it's so many thoughts. Okay. So we've, one of the benefits of this thing, this thing that is happening is that it's pulled together a lot of us small business owners that might have been kind of felt competitive otherwise. So um, as part of that, we're, you know, networking now with owners across different gyms and across different businesses. Anyway, one of our contacts has been attending these legislative meetings and discussions and town meetings and stuff like that. There's just no proof, right? There's, there's no scientific backing for this decision. There's nothing there from the CDC. From, that says that we need to do this thing. So our, one of our buddies um, is kind of grilling, you know, asking this legislator person, and I'm not going to throw them under the bus, but hey, why, 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 you know, explain this to me. Well, I have a buddy who got the COVID and he also went to gyms, but did it come from the gym? Is that confirmed? No, but he went to gyms. He really, you know, he enjoyed going, that he enjoyed working out and he got the COVID. It's like, that makes no sense. Correlation is not causation, right? I no, mean, right, right. That totally doesn't make sense. But on the other hand, there are places who've actually studied this. And I think, gosh, I think it was Norway. But they had thousands of people participate in a study of going back to the gym. And all they did was socially distance a little bit inside the gym. And nobody got sick. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, we could go so many places with this. Yeah. And, you know, we do know for a fact that in general, in general, healthy people don't get sick from COVID. Even if they contract COVID, they don't get sick from it. And, you know, exercise is a very important step in keeping our bodies healthy, which includes our our immune system. So I, I always make a joke of this and it's kind of like on the, on the JP Sears side, you know, so what's healthier staying home and, you know, drinking beer and eating Cheetos and, you know, getting obese and getting diabetes, is is that healthier? No, not at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we yeah. do know that, that um, you know, having multiple morbidities and disease states does, does increase your risk for dying from COVID mm-hmm. and getting mm-hmm. sick from it. So it would be better to go to a gym and be healthy than to sit at home and do nothing. But wait, all you have to do is wear your mask and you can be... <laughs> ripped like jp sears that's right that's it that's all you have to do don't forget to hand sanitize right 
you know, I, I, exercise is I, one of the best, best things we can do. Like exercise is a hermetic stressor, right? And so what that means is it's a healthy dose of stress for your body that your body adapts to so that it makes you stronger and harder to kill and all of your other parts of your life, right? And so like, so what are some of the things that we get out of exercise? Like we've talked about like, like the mental boost, right? The endorphins and all of that stuff right. and just making you feel better. But then there's, you know what? Cardiovascular health. Doesn't that seem important? Um, and, <laughs> and lung capacity, like breathing well, like an, a, your VO2 max, like how efficient are we at moving oxygen in our bodies? Those systems right there are the ones that get targeted with all that inflammation from this virus. So let's make ourselves more resilient to those things, right? Blood sugar control, like all of those things that you can get out of that, plus community. Like so many people are missing their community right now, like connection. Connection is like vital to our health. We don't we don't think about that enough. We don't think about how much we need each other, right? And like and all of these restrictions and and fear mongering that's out there are making us fearful of just a hug from a friend, right? Well, and you mentioned in our pre-show call, you mentioned how the government is creating is creating an environment of with us people that where we feel powerless mm -hmm. and we're just waiting for them to make the next decision decision yeah. like you, you're just waiting that they can tell you, well, you can open up fully. And I mean, talk a little bit about that, how, you know, cause you're talking to, you know, that it seems like they're creating our, they're taking away our network of people too. We can't, yeah. you know, um, talk to people physically as much as we could and stuff. So, you know, will you, will you share that a little bit about that your yeah. opinion about that? Yeah, I think, um, what I see happening, okay, my my perspective on this is that we're just being told, basically the, the JP Sears things, we're told to stay, you know, socially distanced and wear a mask and doing all these things. Um, and listen up, listen for the next update. We'll tell you what businesses you can go to and how often and how many, right? But nobody is sharing with us, not that I have heard, nobody is sharing what we can do for ourselves. So it has created this sense of powerlessness. We're waiting for somebody else to tell us what to do. We're waiting for somebody else to give us information on how to run our lives instead of sharing with things with us that you can do every day to take some of your power back and feel like that you are doing a, a good things for yourself, right? Make sure you get your exercise, sunshine, get your, you know, take, take your vitamins. And here are some pieces. Here are some specific vitamins that you should make sure you have enough of. And it's, I, I, I feel like it's criminal. I feel like there's enough out there right now for us to know how important it is to take care of our bodies to get good sleep, you know, to, to do, to have an anti-inflammatory lifestyle that says, you know, they're, I've heard that they're considering uh, reclassifying coronavirus as, an, as a disease of inflammation because it doesn't just affect your lungs. It's inflammation in other places too, right? right. Why can't we talk about those things? Why can't like, we start talking right. about e eating your fresh vegetables and taking your vitamin D or getting fresh sunshine and all of this stuff? Like, why not? I, I don't get it. Yeah, I, well, that that would make too much rational sense. I mean, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> but that's also why I have people like yourself on, so we can get the information out because people do need to be educated about, um, you know, other other things rather than just wearing a mask, socially distance, and and all that kind of stuff. Yes. And um, so, tell me a little bit. You watched a a show, a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah tell um, me about that podcast. I, I yeah. don't remember the details. Tell me, tell me a little bit about it. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's produced by Radiolab. 
And the podcast title was Invisible Allies. And I, I totally, everybody should just go listen. It's very informative. And it was actually very an engaging podcast too. And so basically the story is, it's like, why aren't, it, it began with this a question. Why isn't our homeless population being decimated by this, right? You'd think that this would be, they're not getting great healthcare, right? right? They're probably not getting great sleep. They may have other underlying conditions or, or and in, in Seattle, there's a lot of uh, drug abuse and things like that that are happening. You're not your paragon of health, you know, but they're not getting sick. So like, well, what's happening? And I think initially the thought process was, well, they're not like really, they kind of have their own community, their own culture, and they're not on airplanes going to foreign destinations. They're not going to the big business conferences. They're not mixing so much with the people who had picked it up, right? With, with vectors, they haven't mixed so much. Yeah. And they were waiting for the other shoe to drop and it never happened. So then they start calling their you know buddies across the nation. Hey, you know what's going on with your population? What's going on there? Nothing, we're just waiting to see what happens. And it never hit. And they were like, why? Okay, this has gone on long enough. You know, now it's time to like dig in and like study this thing. So they started doing blood tests and they figured that at the time that they took their blood test, 40% of the people were positive, but completely asymptomatic, like completely asymptomatic at that point. So they dug a little deeper and like what's happening there, they had adequate levels of vitamin D. It's huge. Vitamin D is a, an important component in your, your health, right? And they're like, why is that? You know, they probably, well, they spend all this time outside, right? It's natural sunshine. This is a population that's not stuck behind a computer desk all day, right? right? It's fascinating. It's totally fascinating. So that, why isn't that everywhere? Like I haven't heard, you know, that on the evening news, but granted, I kind of tapped out of the evening news a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> yeah. So then they started digging, you know, that idea is going around in certain circles. And then we were having some people get sick overseas, like people on boats. I think it was Merchant Marine. But I don't remember the detail now, but they were getting sick. So they were already sick. They were coming into port and overwhelming the hospitals where they were. So they started erecting tent hospitals. And it was, it, they were significantly ill. So they started, this idea is going around. So like, well, what can we do? And they just, they pulled their hospital beds into the sunshine and immediately the, the death rate dropped by two thirds. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the, it, it, ha it is getting out there more about the importance of vitamin D in COVID mm -hmm. and with anything mm -hmm. for sure. But I think if there's, you know, if there's what I tell many people that if there's one supplement you can take, it would be vitamin D because most people are low and most of us don't get enough of it because we're not outside right. enough, you know? Um, yeah. And if we are outside, what do we do? We wear sunscreen, right? Because we don't want to get sunburned <laughs> or we don't want to get skin cancer. So, and I, I see some change in that pattern a little bit. Maybe I think the dermatologist, it's driving the dermatologist nuts, but, but <laughs> right, <laughs> it, 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 it kind of is what it is. Mm -hmm. um, so um, what, what is so what is the the do you see anything in the future of a timeline have you heard anything is there a date that you have that you know you think that your gym can open full time or do, do you know any of that yet this is so this is such a hard one because yeah. Nobody wants this open more than I do. Let me tell you. Right. <laughs> yeah. So we like we will literally be ready to rock and roll by mid-October. I have got a great team. Some of them are already uh, trained up. So um, we're just trying to get everybody else on board with that. 
I'll be ready to rock until it roll by middle to end of October, but we need a sight line to having that, you know, 10 people in there or, or at least 50% capacity in order for it to make sense, right? Because we're pulling on all those other expenses at that time. So the I don't know. And I don't like living with that uncertainty, but that, which is the same environment that everybody else is in here right now. So let's let's back up a little bit. And you talked mm -hmm. about human connection and mm -hmm. you talked about, you read a book about human longevity. Is that correct? Yeah, and, yeah actually. And, I, and how important mm -hmm. connection was. Mm -hmm. So let's tell us, you know, speaking of social distancing and government regulations, you know, making us safer, let's talk about what you have read mm -hmm. up on about how the people that live the longest actually had had great human connection. Tell us about that. Yeah. So my, it was the longevity project. And I actually, I think I watched the documentary that's based on, on the book in 2012 and there that the biggest takeaway, so this was like the world's, I think, longest study. It's like an eight decade study. Right. And so it's studying our oldest humans and trying to figure out how they got there and how they got to be so extraordinary. And as they dug deeper, there were some pieces that were co some common themes, like, you know, a lot of them lived in the same areas their whole lives or that they had ate local seasonal produce. And, you know, and the, the people in France are sometimes known for poo-pooing. Oh, you don't eat that. That's not in season right now. You know, it's just yeah. so, it was, so that was some, some kind of fun things. But the one piece, the big takeaway for me was that they all had solid communities and human connection. They often raise their children like as a tribe. You know, we, we talk about that in the neighborhood, about it takes a village because we're carpooling everywhere. But they lived that. They really did. And um, even when a spouse died, they felt adequately supported. And it's, you know what? They weren't the most privileged people. They weren't the, the diehard workers e either. But they found a way to have peaceful, happy lives. And they and human connection. I mean, at the end of the day, that was the, my biggest takeaway was human connection and feeling supported by your community and feeling like a part of a living community. Well, it, it's, and they didn't live in sanitary times either, by the way. That this is the yeah. this is the generation that survived the Spanish flu, and that also survived yeah. several different world skirmishes. So <laughs> this, they didn't yeah. have the perfect life, not at all. Well, we're definitely not created to be alone, and I think you know, social distancing and makes, makes that worse. And, mm -hmm. and, and I don't think we're created to wear a mask either. And I, my hope and prayer is that this is not the new normal that, you know, 10 years from now, we're not wearing, we're not ordinarily wearing masks all the time to prevent some kind of disease, because I think our bodies are created to fight viruses. If we take care of our bodies, we've been, we've been doing that for thousands of years. And, and, I think it's important to see that human connection. I mean, it's, I don't like it when I can't see somebody's face. It's, it's, yeah. and I, you know, um, I think we're created to, to be around people and, and to see people. So, yeah. so no, thank you for sharing that. Um, so how, in, a, in the last couple of minutes, we're going to wrap this up in the next couple of minutes. What is the, you know, what is the, your ultimate goal um, for your gym? Um, you know, when you can open up, what's the ultimate goal? Well, my mission and uh, has uh, my personal mission has been the same since about 2017 or so when I decided to become a health coach. And that was to help people become that healthiest, happiest version of themselves, you know. And so part of that is creating a, a, a space for you know physical wellness, but it's also creating a space for like 
um, mental wellness. And that's where, you know, we're trying to provide a fitness center, but we're also, we're, we are building this gorgeous, beautiful, high tech place. But more than that, we are building a community of beautiful souls. We are creating that space to have connection and to support each other on our, on our journeys to, to health and wellness. Awesome. So how do, how do people um, join your gym? What's the best yeah. way to, to get a hold of you and join your gym? Yeah, yeah. So we are AKT in Redmond, Washington. And you can find us on Instagram at the AKT Redmond and or find us on Facebook and or just look around. <laughs> we're, we're there in the community. <laughs> they can I can uh, I can also share my email address if anybody has uh, any specific questions or wants to reach out to me personally. I talk to all of my members, you know, that everybody that comes on board with me gets a call and we try to get to know each other to really become part of that community. So I'm 100% happy to share my email address if that's help, if that's helpful. Perfect. And we are streaming your name on the bottom of the screen. So if you guys want to get yeah. a hold of Cheryl, you can get a hold of her on Facebook. That's how I originally got a hold of her. I messaged mm -hmm. you on Facebook. And hey, look at oh, that. Oh, yeah. Look, look at me. That. Look at my space. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to look like that. We're almost done. Yeah. That's Isn't awesome. That so I, I want you to be so successful. And I love your concept, um, you know, bringing some fun into, into fitness and just building the community. That's super, super cool. And it sounds like, um, you know, something I want to check out sometimes. So is there anything over, it, well, there's three in Washington. We're at Washington. You said there's three licenses. Yeah. In Washington. So this is our first of three. So Redmond, and then we also have the licenses for Bellevue and Kirkland. We were looking at uh, that Totem Lake area. So Maybe oh, so you, you got yeah. all three licenses and you're going to open three gyms. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Cool. Well, good That's for correct. you. Wow. Quite That's the correct. entrepreneur. Good, good for you. Congratulations. So thank um, you. This We're just, excited. Yeah. This is just a little bump in the road. I'm sure you're going to be very successful at this. It's a great, uh, great plan. And I wish you so much luck in the future, Cheryl. Great. Thank you so much, Sean. Yeah, although I don't believe in luck, I believe in preparation and opportunity. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I'll bet you, with the mindset you have, you you probably do too. So, and you look like yep. you're well prepared, and you and and there is an opportunity. So, so Thank great, you. Cheryl. Thanks for being on. Um, we really appreciate it, and we have so much to talk about. We should have you on again because I could keep talking and talking. <laughs> so you, you're, yeah, I, I love interviewing. I love yeah. interviewing you. That's great. You got a lot of great information. So great. I learned things today that I wasn't expecting to learn. You didn't tell me about your your pre-diabetes and stuff like that before uh mm -hmm. how you got into yeah. health and wellness so good good for you i love i love hearing those stories and our viewers and listeners love that too because you know a lot of us can relate so that's that's yeah. awesome to hear so well thank you for tuning in today you've been listening to health solutions with sean and janet needham where team needham discusses everything healthcare. so tune in monday 1 to 2 p.m we will have Catherine hood she is a personal trainer and speaking of diabetes she is a diabetes prevention coach, something I'd never heard of, but it's a lot of the same stuff that you were probably talking about, Cheryl, and we're going to uh, um, educate our listeners and viewers on how to prevent diabetes. So tune in Monday, streaming live, 1 to 2 p.m. Um, Catherine Hood, she's a personal trainer. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. We'll talk to you later. Mm -hmm.